This is from the Gospel of Luke, a story of someone getting left behind and parents not always getting it. Now, the parents of Jesus went yearly to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as customary for the festival. And when the days of the festival were completed, they returned while the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. And his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey, and then they started to look for him among their kin and those who knew him. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. Then, after three days passed, they found him. They found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And all who heard the child, the 12-year-old Jesus, were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Then when his parents saw him, they were shocked. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us thus? Look, your father and I have been tormented in searching for you. Then Jesus said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in the house of my Abba? And they did not understand the thing he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them and his mother. Treasured all these things in her heart. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Let us sing together. I'm going to invite Lauren forward to introduce us to this new hymn. Number 423, God the Sculptor of the Mountains. This is an old tune that I never heard. It's a, the, a Westminster Abbey tune by Henry Purcell, but I don't recall, I don't recall it ever in any other hymnals, certainly not to these words that are lovely. So Joanne's gonna play it through once and then we'll sing it.
Today's sermon is a wondering, a story, a reflection, and at the last, a blessing. First, wondering. And Jesus's mother, that is Mary, treasured all these things in her heart. I wonder about the treasures in Mary's heart. Only just a few short weeks ago, the shepherds visited Mary and Joseph and their infant child, telling tales of angel choirs singing to a starlit field of sheep. And while others were amazed at the shepherds' stories, Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. I wonder about the treasures in Mary's heart. Now she's returned home from their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, only to find that her 12-year-old son was not among the group of traveling companions. They travel all the way back to Jerusalem and find him in the temple, sitting amongst religious leaders, Sunday school teachers, mentors, listening to them, asking them questions, making himself quite at home. Thank you very much. Shocked. She scolds, child, why have you treated us thus? Look, your father and I have been tormented in searching for you. And the 12-year-old Jesus seems equally, though differently, shocked. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I must be in the house of my Abba? Mary and Joseph, the text tells us, did not understand the thing he said to them. And Jesus's mother, that is Mary, treasured these things in her heart. I wonder about the treasures in Mary's heart. Next, a story about a nearly 12-year-old. I was 43 years old, on skates, on ice. My eldest nephew, the one who first made me an aunt in this world, was 11 years old, also on skates, on ice. I was able to stay upright and enjoy a few orbits around the practice rink at Notre Dame University. Growing in confidence and even a little speed with each accident-free lap, and I paused for a moment to stand next to those in the family who had opted out of the on-skates, on-ice adventure and were sitting rinkside, giving a break to both my hard-working and beginning-to-ache ankles and a rest to my vigilant, focused attention to stay upright. Dominic, who'd been playing hockey for a few years, skated up to me, took his hands 
took my hands and his and said, let's go, Aunt Megan. Before I consented, <laughs> much less consciously understood what was happening, my 11-year-old nephew was skating backwards, holding my hands and pulling me along with him. And then we were going faster <laughs> and faster <laughs> and far faster than I had ever skated on my own before. And I couldn't contain the little shrieks of terror, or was it excitement, or was it terror, that originated in my toes and bubbled all the way up through my whole body and past my lips. <laughs> At a cognitive level, I knew that the more I relaxed and trusted, the better it would go for me. The more I tensed up in terror, the worse it would go for me. But I was in the literal hands of a boy child who only yesterday was my first beloved baby nephew. I got you, Aunt Megan. I got you. And he did. Whew. Next, a reflection. Y'all have known that moment with a 12-year-old or a nearly 12-year-old when they exercised their own agency and stayed back at the temple to hang with all the teachers when they said something profound or adult or just surprising, something you didn't expect and perhaps didn't fully understand, something you sensed was important and marked a significant shift of some kind, when they took your hands and said, I got you, and truly did, y'all have surely known your own versions of that moment. So now, to all the 12-year-olds in the room, <laughs> and to all the nearly 12-year-olds in the room, you are miracles. <laughs> you are in a truly miraculous time of life. Taking or soon to take some of your first steps toward adulthood. And don't sweat it. You don't need to sweat adulthood. It's, it's coming. It'll come in its own time. It'll unfold over many years. So this is not a thing to like make you nervous. But there is something sacred and wonderful just beginning to blossom inside of you at this time. As you keep becoming the person that you are becoming, as you keep becoming the person that God formed you as and will continue to form you as through the rest of your life. You are, as we adults sometimes say, coming of age, you 12-year-olds and nearly 12-year-olds. Different communities and cultures and religions have different ways of marking this undeniably sacred time of life, but the fact that it happens all over the world and in all different kinds of communities 
just means that it's all the more true. You 12-year-olds and nearly 12-year-olds, you are miracles. And something special is happening in your world and in your life. In the story from Luke today, Jesus is your age. He's coming of age. And he chooses to stay at the temple to listen to the teachers and the leaders, to ask them questions and to engage them in conversation. In fact, the story even tells us that they were amazed at his answers. So he's, he's like really in these conversations. He feels at home there and makes himself at home there. And I got to say to all you 12-year-olds and nearly 12-year-olds in the room, I pray for nothing less than that for each one of you. May you feel at home here in this church. May you listen and learn. May you ask questions and then ask some more and then maybe a few more after that. May you keep asking questions. May you feel freed to engage me and your Sunday school teachers and your mentors and all these adults sitting around you in this room in conversations about the stuff that is most important to you. May you engage us in conversations about God Tell us what you know about God, what you wonder about God, what you think about God. May you know that you belong here just as you are. The 12-year-old Jesus knew that he belonged in his faith community just as he was. And it was a significant turning point in his life. It's why we've only got the one story between the birth narratives and 30 years old. It marked something significant, a sacred moment, as he continued becoming who he was becoming on his way to change the world. And Jesus' mother, she saw that her 12-year-old son, Jesus, belonged, and she treasured that sense of belonging in her heart. And so again, to the 12-year-olds and the nearly 12-year-olds in the room, the adults around you in this room will do the same as you claim this place as your own, as you belong among us and with us. We will treasure that in our hearts. You belong here. And finally, a blessing by Sarah Bessie. This is a blessing for all of you. So it's for you 12-year-olds and you nearly 12-year-olds in the room. But it's also for you someday 12-year-olds. And it's for you long ago 12-year-olds with hearts full of treasures. Now, as with any blessing that is spoken aloud, you will not catch every word and every phrase. That's okay. Don't sweat it. Notice what you notice and hear the word that speaks to you. Hear the word you need to hear. Hear the word that sparkles. A blessing.
May you be blessed by the gift of your whole self. May you deal tenderly with your faults and your griefs, your strengths and your victories, knowing that the line between them is blurred. May you forgive and love the parts of yourself that keep you up at night. May you sense the presence of love and grace in all the bruised places. May you begin to understand that your whole story can be a gift. May you know that your quirks can cure us. Your suffering has formed us. Your sorrow is a place of intimacy. Your joy is precious. Your ordinary days matter. And what saves us is love. May you love yourself as fiercely as you love others. May you bless everything that has formed you, not because it was officially, necessarily ordained by God as a blueprint. I don't believe that anyway but simply because these also shaped you into the compassionate, empathic, wise person that you are now. There is always something out there willing to make you promises about your perfection and positivity, about erasing your edges and making you look and sound like everyone else. May you have the courage to resist it always. May you be the weirdo who loves their own story. <laughs> May you stand within it, complexity and all, and know the faithfulness of God, the empowerment of the Spirit, and the friendship of Jesus. May your eyes be open for stubborn, unexpected beauty when you look at your own life. May your whole story serve God and your neighbor well. May they open you to the truth that you don't need to be the perfect version of you to matter, to be enough, to be loved, to love. You, as you are, are beloved, and you belong in love. Amen.